Psalm 70 is a slightly altered form of Psalm 40, verses 13 to 17. The superscription here informs us that David wrote this psalm for the choir master. That is, he wrote it to be sung as part of the worship. That this psalm formed originally as a part of Psalm 40 and slightly altered here indicates that it was being used for a special occasion. That occasion, according to the superscription, is for the memorial offering. Now the term memorial comes from a Hebrew term which, which means to act as a reminder. And so in a sense, Psalm 70 is a reminder to us that we are poor and needy and our only hope and help is God. Indeed, this short prayer is a cry for deliverance for the tormented soul. A cry for deliverance for the tormented soul. Psalm 70 expresses a yearning for God to act. The shortness of this psalm demonstrates the urgency by which it was prayed. Help is needed now. How often in our lives have we faced a crisis in which we needed God to act now? We needed God to act immediately. We needed God to vindicate us. We needed God to deal with those who have hurt us or grieved us. And so here in Psalm 70, we're provided with the scriptural foundation for crying out to God. The scriptural foundation for bringing our heart hurts and grievances to God. The scriptural foundation for asking God to help. As we look at these short five verses in Psalm 70, we're going to begin in verse 1 with the approach. We're going to look at the anxiety in verses 2 and 3, the appreciation in verse 4, and the appeal in verse 5. Verse 1, the approach. How do we approach God? O God, hasten to deliver me. O Lord, hasten to my help. David prays that the Lord, Elohim, God, Yahweh, will help deliver him out of his crisis. He affirms that it has to be according to God's will. And this act of deliverance, save me or deliver me, Help me. You know, how many of our prayers would prevail more if we offered them to God with a sense of urgency? David's prayer for protection here is an expression of his trust in the Lord's ability to protect him. He's not turning to anyone else. And I'm sure that it was tempting for David to find ways of taking care of the problem on his own. And I'm sure it's tempting for us as well. Look at Abraham and Sarah. God said, I'm going to give you a son. They decided, hey, we're going to help God out. Take Hagar. Have a child with him. Of course, we know how that turned out. We don't need to try to figure it out or try to somehow uh, take care of the problem. If you're facing a crisis that's bigger than you, you need to stop right now where you're at and cry out to God. See, this prayer begins with God and it ends with God. And David also prayed that those who rejoiced in his misery would be proven wrong in their assumption. And that assumption was particularly that God lacked the power to deliver his people. Notice the anxiety in verses 2 and 3. Let those be ashamed and humiliated who seek my life. Let those be turned back and dishonored who delight in my hurt. Let those be turned back because of their shame who say, Aha, aha. 
See, the psalmist here, David prays for his enemies. He prays for their fall. He prays for their shame in accordance with the principles of justice and the promise of God to curse those who cursed his own. That's key. You know, David's just not praying an imprecatory prayer here for the sake of it. He's praying it because the justice of God needs to be invoked. They're cursing the very people whom God said, don't curse. If you curse my people, I will curse you. Now, in the sense that we are facing a crisis and we are dealing with people who are grieving us or hurting us or causing us pain or anger, our responsibility is to pray to God, God, we need you now to deliver us, to help us. And what I particularly need your help with, Lord, is X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe it's that person who's grieving you. Maybe it's a situation that's overwhelming you, whatever it is. But you have to bring it to God and the anxiety, the angst that it's causing you, you have to place before God. God, you deal with it. I can't. Now here were Israel's enemies. David's enemies. The enemies of the God of Israel. And yet, at the same time, David still had to love his enemies. But, his enemies were destabilizing God's rule on earth. And as long as the kingdom of God suffers persecution and harassment, we're to pray for God's kingdom to come, which includes, Lord, vindicate your own and take care of your enemies. See, the enemies here in this case were taking pot shots at God's people and shouting contemptibly, aha, aha, as if to say, see, God didn't take care of you. What did God do for you? And so that David, David prays, Lord, quickly, suddenly, change their fortunes so that they know who you are. Now again, in our situation, whether it's a, if it's an individual or individuals or a situation, whatever it may be, when we bring this anxiety to God and we pray to God, uh, Lord, deliver me from this torment, deliver me from this crisis, uh, take care of this individual. The point is this, we want that person to know who God is, that God is in control. We're not seeking their, their, their demise or our vindication simply so we can say, ha, you got what you deserve. No, it's a case of vindicating who God is. Verse 4 brings us to the appreciation. Let all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let those who love your salvation say continually, let God be magnified. See, when God demonstrates his righteous act of deliverance, the result should be we rejoice. Here's the shepherd king, David, concerned about the welfare of his people, praying here not for himself, but now for the people who have joined him in waiting for the deliverance. And he prays, Lord, let them get a taste of deliverance. Let them have a reason to praise you, to bless you, to exalt you, to magnify you, to glorify you. And we really have a contrast here because on the one hand, the anxiety was caused by the taunts of the enemy, but now the taunts of the enemy are silenced and shouts of joy erupt rapturously from the people of God. And so when, when you cry out to God in your crisis, Lord, help me, Lord, deliver me, here's my situation, these people are doing this or doing that, or the situation is this or that, and then God steps in, you best be quick to say, Lord, you did this. 
Thank you, Lord, for what you've accomplished. Thank you, God, for delivering me. And then let God's people know. Again, they may not need to all know all the details, but just say, listen, I was in crisis about something and God delivered me. I was, having, I was dealing with something, something and God delivered me from it. God needs to receive the appreciation for what he's done. And finally, verse 5 is the appeal. But I am afflicted and needy. Hasten to me, O God, you are my help and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. The psalmist concludes here on a personal note. And again, he's not just talking about himself, but also those other people with him who he was praying for as well. He begins by affirming that he's waited patiently for the Lord. My friends, we need to wait patiently. Stop running ahead of God. Stop sitting there and thinking, well, if I do this, this could happen. And if I do that, well, that could happen. Listen, all you've got to worry about is what does God require? And when you come to that place of, of, okay, Lord, if this is what you want, make it clear and you step out and do it. If the Lord makes it clear, then fine. If not, then you know, you have your answer. But again, we're so quick to want to fix everything that we can't possibly fix. Or we want to, or we get, rather we get stuck because we're too busy pontificating all the what-ifs. Listen, at the end of the day, if you've cried out, cried out urgently to God to help you, then step out on faith and let God help you. But you've got to wait, that means, at times. Because sometimes God, what God wants you to simply do is take a beat. Take a moment, breathe, and wait to see what God is going to do. And know this, God will do. Now, certainly, that doesn't mean that we just sit there and, you know, give up. Notice what David said. Hasten to me, O God. Do not delay. Yes, I know I need to be patient. I'm waiting patiently, Lord, but I need you now. And I think that's one of the things that we can do while we're waiting on God to act is we don't need to go out and try to figure it out and how to help God out. Well, if I do this, this will do that. You don't need to do that. But what you do need to keep doing is pressing God. Keep pursuing God. Keep praying to God saying, Lord, I need you. I need you now. Don't delay. Dependency on the Lord for deliverance is brought out by the contrastive personal pronoun in the Hebrew, which literally says, yet I, but I am afflicted. You are my help. There's that contrastive pronoun. I'm afflicted. I'm needy. You are my help. You are my deliverer. So I'm afflicted. You're my help. I'm needy. You're my deliverer. Here's David. He's in desperate need and he humbly is casting himself before the Lord. He's not presuming on his relationship. He's not presuming on his goodness, his kindness, his greatness or anything else. He simply presumes on the fact that Lord, this is what you this is what you've done. This is who you are. And this affirmation of God's ability, which is found all throughout the Psalms, brings a conclusion to this prayer. You are my help. You are my deliverer. Note, remember what God has done for you in the past and know that he'll continue to do it today and tomorrow. And it's on this ground that David prays for speedy deliverance. And yet, as before, 
We've got to wait patiently. Psalm 70 reminds us that we all find ourselves in situations where we're in a hurry for God to help. And we're not alone in wanting God to deal quickly with those individuals or situations that arise against us. And my friends, when God does graciously deliver us, make sure that you know you tell others about his intervention and deliverance in your situation. Make sure that God gets all the praise and all the glory. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that we can turn to you in our times of crises. Whether our affliction is from within or without, whether it's situations or people, whatever it may be, Lord, we acknowledge that we need you. And Father, we take comfort in the fact that we can cry out to you. We don't need a long, drawn-out prayer. We simply can utter a few statements, a few thoughts to you, and appeal to you and beg you to, with, with urgency to deliver us, to help us. We, we can lay out our anxiety before you, tell you, Lord, exactly what's bothering us, tell, tell you, Lord, what's eating at us, who's grieving us, who's hurting us, whatever it may be. We can pour all that out on you, and Lord, you will deliver because you, uh, you have been our help, you have been our deliverer in the past, and will continue to be in the present and for all time. And so, Father, I ha ask for anyone now, Lord, who's dealing with a crisis, whatever it may be, whoever or whatever may cause it, that, Father, Lord, they might cry to you even now, their Heavenly Father, that they may cry out for deliverance, that, Lord, perhaps they've even expressed to you the urgency of their situation, and, Lord, I pray that you would not delay, but that, Lord, quickly you might come to their intervention. Father, I also pray that as you intervene, we would not so quickly forget, but that rather, Lord, we would give you the praise give you the glory, give you the, the magnification that you deserve. And so, Lord, we thank you for helping us, for delivering us. We pray this in your Son's precious and holy name. Amen.